0: listening to the award winning probably true please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes it would be boring otherwise hello so last week we did a Q&A session and part of one of the questions i got asked was have you ever been out with a trans guy and i said i'd tell you about it this week so here we go yes i've been on a date with a trans guy you'll never believe what happened i was so embarrassed Anyway, bit of background. He's a filmmaker, and we met at a showing of one of his films, SWAT numbers, and agreed to go out for a drink the next week. I know you're all dying to know what happened, so I'll cut straight to the chase. I, right, me, right here, got drunk and made a titter myself. But Scott, you might be thinking, that's just like every other date you go on. We were expecting something different. Oh, really? Why? If you thought this was going to have anything but exactly the same outcome as every other date I've been on, That says a lot more about you than it does about me, and all it says about me is that I've got iffy social skills, I'm a borderline alcoholic, and I'll probably die alone, but none of that's news. I mean, pretty much all of my podcasts up to this point will tell you exactly the same thing, but I'll take all of that over being weird about trans people. I know a lot of people who aren't trans, the word for that is cis, by the way, but we'll come back to that, have a bit of trouble with this, so let's try something. If, just for a second, you ignore the trans part, then you're left with people. Try and focus on that bit. If it helps, try turning it around. So rather than your brain getting stuck on the trans part of trans man and, you know, not getting any further, how about saying, I went on a date with a man who happened to be transgender? The important part shouldn't ever be the trans bit. As a white guy, for example, I wouldn't say, oh my God, I had a night of fantastic sex with an Asian guy, or I almost got engaged to a black guy, because the ethnicity of the guys shouldn't be any kind of important factor in, in that news. And while racism and transphobia are very, very different things, the point that I am managing to mess up is that we're all people, and it's probably better to focus on that bit. And if you're the sort of person who says, I'm not transphobic, but I'd never date a trans guy, I wouldn't date an Asian guy either, and I'm not racist, then I've got two pieces of bad news for you. But, you know, let's use my upfuckery as a learning experience, shall we? You know, I fucked this up the first time so that now you don't have to in the future. Here's the thing. If you're going on a date with a trans guy, don't ask any questions about their life pre-transition. Don't do what I did and ask what his name used to be or how long he's been transitioning or anything like that. On no account, start a question with, when you were a woman, because he wasn't. He never was. He was always him. You know, I went on a date once with a guy, a different guy, who kept asking really insistent and probing questions about my childhood traumas, you know, and I was really uncomfortable. It was just really, really invasive and nosy. And when I asked him to knock it off, he complained, saying, I was just trying to create an intimacy between us. Personally, I'm not that keen on forcing an intimacy with someone I only met half a bottle of gin ago. The point that I'm coming around to here was that asking questions about a trans person's life pre-transition is even more invasive and none of your business. When you're on a date, if the only thing you can think is, I hope this person has exactly the right kind of genitals I'm currently imagining, then you probably shouldn't be going on dates with anyone, you weirdo. You know, we date people because we get on with them. We enjoy their personality and their company. We enjoy being around them. The idea is to find someone that we want to, you know, spend a lot of time with. Someone who's not going to be scared off by the huge number of emotional problems you've got hiding just beneath the surface. Normal things like that, not because you think you know what their crotch looks like. I got drunk and made a tit of myself in front of a boy who just wanted to be treated like everyone else, because I didn't know any better. But now you do, so hopefully you'll handle things better than I did. He was gorgeous too. Fantastic kisser, and drank me under the table, all of which are qualities I look for in a lover. He got married last week, actually, so choosing not to see me again turned out to be the right call for him. I mean, I'm sure the same's true of many people that I've dated, but let's not focus on Jesus Christ, no, let's not focus on that. (laughs) Before I get distracted talking about my failure to relate to humans, you know, until the mind control device is completed anyway, I want to look a little bit at the rest of the question that was asked, because I've answered the first bit, I dated a trans guy. But the other part of the question was, do you think a trans guy has any kind of chance in the eyes of cis gay men? And there's a few things I want to address there. I'm going to go a little bit damn Savage on your ass. Or vagina. That question, as you ask it, is the wrong way round. When you ask do you think a trans guy could have a chance with a cis gay guy? When you ask it like that, you're asking, do you think someone as awful as me could have a chance with someone as wonderful and perfect as those cis gay guys? Which is entirely inaccurate. You are awesome and an amazing person. You've already done something so amazing and brave and life-changing by coming out as transgender or non-binary. There's no need for this kind of thinking. Turn that question around. Which cis person, if any, deserves a chance with me? Give yourself the power to decide who is worthy of you and your affections. You do not feast on the scraps of affection thrown at you from cis men. You do not wait to be noticed in the hope that someone somewhere will find you slightly less than revulsing. You are better than that. Allow yourself to approach this from a position of self-love and empowerment. Decide what it is you want and who it is you want to be with and then go for that. Instead of, do you think you could lower yourself to possibly liking me, perhaps? Say, you there. I'm amazing, and I think you might be amazing too. Let's find out, shall we? And those that you choose are lucky to get the opportunity to impress you. If they decline or fall short, and most of them will fall short, then that's their loss, not yours. You are worth more than that. There will be rejections, of course. Not everyone who seems amazing really is. And sometimes they are, but it's just not a good fit, or actually, more likely, they're not. But we try to convince ourselves that they are. And all of that is hard. It takes time and a lot of self-love. You know, after the first few hundred knockbacks, you start to learn how to deal with it. I wish I could tell you it gets better. But like the late, great Joan Rivers said, it doesn't get better. You get better. And to do that, you have to learn to love yourself and see yourself as worthy of everything you want. You've already done the hard part. Once you start speaking your truth and living your authentic life you're well on the way to, to getting whatever you want and anyone who says that you're not deserving or that you couldn't have this because you're transgender or anything like that can shove it up their ass or vagina) <laughs> This was Probably True, the award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the award-winning Scott Flashheart. If you liked what you've heard, you can share it with your friends, leave a positive iTunes review, and sign up at ProbablyTruePodcast.com. If you didn't like it, you can find me on Twitter as UnlikelyLad. Come at me, bro.